on the you know more Amazon approach, what we're starting to see, you know, and I think this will become more apparent with Beeb, is this idea that you as the user are somewhat aware that Alexa kind of represents almost like an app store for you. For Monday, October 14th, 2019, this is episode 54. Will you use one voice assistant or many? Dave Kemp and Catherine Prescott join me to discuss whether brands should create their own mini voice assistants like Beeb from the BBC. The new interoperability initiative will strive to ensure that voice-activated devices will work with multiple digital assistants like Alexa and Siri at the same time. What does this mean? We cover the two camps of what the voice-first future holds. A, people will mainly interact with just one assistant, or B, we will all use multiple voice assistants. But have you considered the middle ground between the two? We also talk about Alexa eventually functioning as an app store, but for voice. Plus, how devices like Echo Buds and Echo Frames fit into a world of mini voice assistants. What is the potential of Echo Buds to allow us to access web content we have never thought of as audio enabled? Welcome to the Beetle Moment Marketing Podcast, a short weekly exploration of marketing, voice technology, and business. I'm Emily Binder. I answer to no one, and I make this for you. Let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Emily Binder, and I'm here with two really special guests. I'm so excited to bring you guys back on the show. Both of you have each been on before. And so welcome back, Catherine Prescott, founder and editor at Voice Brew. Catherine runs the number one resource. It's a blog, an email newsletter, and more on how to get the most out of Alexa for everyday users. And we also have Dave Kemp, business development manager at Oak Tree Products, Inc., and one of the top authorities on hearables. So Catherine and Dave, hi, how are you guys? Hey, Emily, I am great. Very excited to be with you here today on the podcast and to chat with you as well, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing me back on, Emily. Looking forward to this chat. Should be a great one with uh, the three of us here. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Ahead of its annual fall hardware event, which was September 25th, Amazon made a big partnership announcement. It created the Voice Interoperability Initiative, which is a statement of intent from over 30 different companies that they will strive to ensure devices will work with multiple digital assistants at the same time. For example, you could talk to either Alexa or Cortana on the same smart speaker or device simply by saying the appropriate wake word. So Catherine, this is a big announcement and one that we have in in ways been waiting for, hoping for. What is important to look at here? So the reason that this is really exciting to me is that I think it will lead to overall much higher quality voice first experiences. And that's because I think that brands will be and should be way more willing to invest in resources to create their own voice assistants versus creating skills or actions built on top of Alexa or Google. And here's why. So of course, there are lots of reasons that it's important for brands to have a presence on Alexa, given how quickly smart speakers and echoes specifically have been adopted. But if you're a brand today considering investing a lot, you know, making a very significant investment in your Alexa skill experience, there are definitely a few headwinds, things like the clunkiness of saying, Alexa, ask brand name for XYZ thing, 
You know, if you're a brand, your ability to collect data on how your customers are engaging is limited by the data that Amazon makes available to you. And then, of course, there are always risks that come with having a platform like an Amazon or a Google or a Facebook in between you and your customer. You're relying on that platform to surface your skill, or maybe the platform creates a native version of your skill, and then you're out of luck. But when you have your own assistant that users can directly invoke, these issues largely go away. And with this interoperability initiative, there will now be a place where users can actually engage with your assistant. So I think that brands should really be considering creating their own voice assistants. Wow. So, so do you think that creating your own voice assistant is a bigger priority than creating an Alexa skill? I wouldn't look at it in those terms, but I think that brands should be willing to invest more resources in creating really high quality voice experiences via an investment in a voice mm-hmm. assistant. Well, so Beeb is an example that a lot of people would point to with this. Beeb, of course, is the BBC's own in-house voice assistant. They are in the midst of producing and it will integrate with their website, iPlayer apps on smart TVs, and the software will be available to other manufacturers who wish to build it into their speakers like Echo or Google Assistant. And it's uh, planned for launch next year. So do you think we'll see other brands kind of follow in these footsteps with what are called mini assistants? I think the answer is yes. Um, I'd love to hear Dave's perspective on this as well. But, you know, one thing that was really interesting about BBC's announcement is that they explicitly stated that the reason for doing this is that they need meaningful user data to create content that people really like. And that providing BBC's content through third parties has just made it too difficult to get this data. Yeah, I'll jump in here. So I think Catherine is making some really, really good points here. And, you know, this is an interesting aspect to voice and voice first right now, because there's sort of becoming two camps. You have one camp that believes, and I would say, you know, in this camp, it's like Adam Shire of, um, of Vive, you know, and the, the former founder of Siri. So one of the, I would say, founding fathers of this technology really believes that it's just going to be one assistant, you know, it will all go through. Um, and, and he has some pretty interesting and compelling points as to why that would be, um, where he believes that, you know, this idea that at the end of the day, you will have your one voice assistant that you interact with for the majority of the time and, uh, everything will funnel through them. And then on the other side, you have this camp that says there's actually going to be tons and tons and tons of voice assistants. I know like Brett Kinsella, for example, is he's a big advocate into that camp. And what's really becoming interesting to me, I think, is that it's almost as if there's actually maybe a middle ground um, because if you think about this idea of master assistants and mini assistants, at the end of the day, you could still hypothetically consider Alexa to be your one assistant where you interface with that assistant as the master assistant. I would say Google, Siri, um, and Bixby would all represent master assistants that serve as the, the interface domain, right? This idea of almost like an operator where you go to them and then you use that assistant to redirect you to a variety of different things. Now, Adam Shire might believe that that is going to be all natively done through Bixby and maybe it will communicate a little bit in the background, but for the user's sake, it's all going through Bixby. Now, on the 
you know, more Amazon approach, what we're starting to see, you know, and I think this will become more apparent with Beeb, is this idea that you as the user are somewhat aware that Alexa kind of represents almost like an app store for you. I think Catherine made this point before we started talking, but um, it's this idea where you go into Alexa and you say, Alexa, launch Beep, right? So then what you're doing is you're entering into what's then a much more narrow but deep domain where Beeb is the master of that domain. They are going to be more capable of uh, connecting you as the user with what you want to listen to because um, the engineers and the folks at Beeb, they've they have a really strong handle on that particular domain. You could see this kind of being built out for something like a Spotify, right? If I'm just trying to play music through Alexa, I might not be having as good of an experience as if I'm actually having Alexa connect me to Spot, and then I'm controlling all my music through Spotify because it just has more breadth and capabilities because it's, again, it's a it's a deeper it's a deeper domain that's specifically engineered from them. You could see this being applied to NPR. You could see this being applied to something like even an ESPN, right? Where you start to have all of these different, quote, mini assistants that are the masters of their domains that are housed inside of the master assistants. And therefore, the master assistant then has sort of two roles that it's playing. One, it has its native functionality. Of course, you can ask Alexa for the time or the weather and all the different types of use cases. But the other is that of the facilitator, that of connecting you to the different assistants that are these mini assistants housed inside of it and, and, and kind of becoming attached to those different little economies there. Okay. So the connector, the hub. Catherine, do you think that that's really where it's headed? I mean, can all brands make their own assistants? Should they? Or is it enough to have, I mean, I could see with Spotify and NPR, obviously, I mean, these are huge content producers, providers, um, and definitely they want their data. But if you're just if you're just a normal brand, like let's say you have a small business, do you really need a voice assistant, a mini assistant, or is it enough to just have a skill? What do you think about that? Now, that's a great point, Emily. And I don't think it makes sense for all brands to have their own assistant. I think that if you're a brand who interacts with users or customers on a daily basis, such as a Spotify or you know some of the other um, brands that you just mentioned, uh, it does it, it does make sense to consider this. But if you're a brand, for example, if you're a brand that helps people uh, find jobs, you know people are not looking for a new job every single day. It might not make sense for you to make this really big investment in an assistant. Um, so that's kind of how I would how I would think about it. And just to sort of, I'd love to react to some of the points that Dave made. Uh, I think that the paradigm that Dave laid out is, you know, I think that could absolutely be the direction that things go in. I think one, you know, slight, you know, you know, potential um, other option, which is just slightly different, is that you know I could imagine kind of almost like an assistant store. So if you think about how your smartphone, let's just use like an iPhone. I'm, I have an iPhone as an example. You know, you have the Apple hardware, you have the Apple runs the app store, and then you can download various apps from different brands. And of course, there are Apple apps that sit alongside those apps. So there's also a possibility in my mind that, an, you know, potentially it's Amazon 
um, you know, provides the device. So Echo devices are in so many people's homes. And then Amazon almost runs a skill store where as a user, you have the op- opportunity to enable certain different, uh, I'm sorry, I meant to say that uh, Amazon runs an assistance store, not a skill store. And as a user, you have the opportunity to enable different assistants. So you could say that you want to enable the spot assistant. You could enable the, you know, uh, a, a podcast assistant. You could enable an audiobook assistant. And then you could access those assistants directly. So you could say, hey, Spotify, play my latest playlist um, or whatever it is. So that's another kind of option as well. Okay. So if Amazon were doing that, if they were providing an assistant store, how does that align with them selling more stuff? Because we've talked about how these aren't really hardware plays to sell more hardware. This is a play to be the assistant and to have a seamless reach to customers to really be the primary platform that people are using to do multiple things. So Amazon, as part of this initiative, um, and perhaps even earlier, they've pretty explicitly acknowledged that they believe that there isn't going to be one voice assistant that wins it all. And of course, some of this is self-serving because there are certain areas where it will be difficult for Amazon to catch up to Google Assistant, such as you know providing information, navigation, um, being the two big ones in my mind. But um, what Amazon is really saying is that there might need to be an assistant for cooking, one for sports scores, one for stock market information, one for different e-commerce brands, and perhaps that Amazon monetizes by, you know, these are just some, you know, purely hypothetical ideas, but, you know, maybe they take a cut of all sales in the same way that Apple does with, you know, apps through the, that are downloaded through the app store, perhaps Amazon charges to enable assistance. Um, there are, are you know, lots of different ways that I think they could still monetize, even in a world where not everything is going through Alexa. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, I think the assistant store idea is is pretty cool. And we keep, you know, hearing this phrase like the killer voice app, which I don't think exists, of course. Um, maybe this is is a killer use or paradigm or way to think about it. Maybe it'll be something else. But with with products coming out like Echo Buds, how would having assistants, uh, mini assistants like Spot, Spotify, of course, or Beeb kind of play into that? And, and Dave, maybe you can speak to this a little more. So how do the hearables and these new devices fit in with this interoperability initiative? And do they play well together? Obviously, they do. <laughs> That's a, I think I gave you a softball there, but go ahead. <laughs> so there's a couple things that I want to say to this. So first of all, um, you know, this idea where you have um, Alexa on you all the time is something that I think is only going to get more compelling over time. You know, this, I would almost say that the, the way that this sort of plays out is that um, you have these, you know, Alexa on you all the time and you have the, um, you know, the fact that there are now more and more of these trends that seem to indicate that eventually what you'll be able to do is sort of access a lot of the same type of content that you're going to get through your apps today 
all through your voice assistant. So what I mean by that is you had, you know, previously you were limited to, um, if you wanted to say, play music, you could have Alexa control your music for you. But now I think where this is going is you'll be able to actually pull up your Spotify in the same type of way that you would if you're in the app, if there were to be, say, a spot voice assistant. So in that scenario, I think it gets really interesting because it all comes down to this idea of is this a better experience than the incumbent? And for, I think this first, you know, this first period, more times than not, you would probably say, well, not really. And therefore the times that you use Alexa are tied to those individual unique, you know, use cases that Alexa was really good at that maybe the app, your, you, you know, all of your different apps were not. And so where I'm going with this is just this idea that if we start, you know, through mini assistants and this whole idea of a, of a voice assistant store where you have all these different options and the third party skill system, I think that's, I don't want to, uh, you know, diminish that at all, because I think that there are some good third party skills. It just goes back to this idea of how do you remember all the different invocations for that? But if you, if you have this, uh, if if we're drawing parity between the current incumbent method as to how you access a lot of the content that's locked in your phone and it's done through Echo Buds because you can just call it up and you can say, Alexa, launch spot. And then I'm basically, I'm in an audio format as opposed to this visual format where I'm saying, all right, um, what's, you know, what's on my release radar this week? What's on? And, and again, it just changes from being this tap touch swipe interface to one that is a conversational interface. But at the end of the day, if I can access my stuff, the same stuff that I'm accessing every single day, constantly throughout the day through my phone, if I can do that through Echo Buds and there's more and more things that I'm able to do that, um, you know, whether it be my music or my podcasts or my flash briefing, whatever it might be, all the different things that make my, uh, my, my stationary echo devices really compelling. If I can start to take that stuff on the go, what it starts to do is it starts to eat into the, the mobile interface. In my opinion, I think that you just start to take things and you start to move them from you know, your, your iPhone or your mobile phone and you put them over into the Echo Buds category. And like, I just see that becoming a thing that over time you're going to have more and more of those things that move into that column as Echo Buds become just as compelling of a way to unlock all that content that's currently housed in your smartphone. Well, I completely agree with you. So I think moving toward the voice first reality is is already starting to happen and we'll only see more of that because it's natural and convenient. And so, Catherine, any closing thoughts on this? Yes. So I loved what Dave was saying uh, with, and I love everything Dave was saying, but especially with respect to, you know, we will rely on our phones less and less. I think that's huge. And I personally think that's a really good thing. Um, so just, I'd love to quickly touch on the echo frames, which are the glasses that have uh, Alexa built in. When these were announced, you know, one of the things that's so exciting about this is the idea that a future generation of this product could have a visual augmented reality component, kind of like a Google Glass 2.0, because when you have multimodal on the go, so you have a voice in and audio plus visual output from the assistant 
to me, that's when you really don't have to pull out your phone anymore. And that's when voice first truly can become the main way that people start interacting with technology. Pow! I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. We have to wrap up, but let listeners know where they can find you. Let's start with Dave. Yeah. Uh, so you can check me out on Twitter at Oaktree underscore Dave. I also write a daily update on my blog, futureear.co. Uh, you can spell it with one E or two E's. So futureear or just futureear, one word, dot co. Futureear.co. And Catherine, where can listeners find you? You can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm at KB Prescott. Or, or, and please sign up for my daily Voice Brew newsletter. Just go to voicebrew.com. That's voicebrew.com. I really encourage everybody to follow both Catherine and Dave. They are absolute authorities in the space and very professional and sharp, and their content is just fantastic. So Catherine Prescott, Dave Kemp, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Emily. To find out how to advertise on the show or to consult with me, visit BeetleMoment.com. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts at bit.ly slash BeetlePod, where you can search for Beetle Moment Marketing in the Apple Podcasts directory. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Trash!